in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment of the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. <laughs> I have... This sounds weird. Um, all right, let's go. Rolling Stones. That is the who. <laughs> So we are up to caller number five, thanks to Adam Candy, who is now four for four. I am one for four, doing really well this morning. Um, first topic here in the front page, the Colts beat the Jets 35 to 20 last night. Uh, Mike White was hurt, or excuse me, 45 to 30 last night. Mike White was hurt in the first half. Uh, he was 7-11 for 95 yards and a touchdown before leaving, and Josh Johnson came in as the backup while Joe Flacco was in street clothes on the sideline. What a terrible quarterback situation in New York where people were actually kind of excited about Mike White, and then he gets hurt, and you got to watch Josh Johnson play. Uh, I guess Mike White's supposedly going to play next week, but I I feel like I want to be excited about, ooh, there's a rookie in Zach Wilson, and he might get beat up by this guy named Mike White, but I it's the Jets, and I don't think any of it matters because they're all probably bad. Like how you said, this quarterback situation in New York, as though there's a third-string quarterback in the NFL that you want to watch. Uh, there's there's nobody at Josh Johnson's level that you want to see. The only reason you would want to watch that game is if they decided to unwrap the mummy of Joe Flacco and throw him out on the field <laughs> and see what happens against a good defense like the Colts. Would have been fun. I mean, you know, are you Josh Johnson's mom? <laughs> uh, what's more embarrassing for the Jets? Yes. The Colts... <laughs> The Colts rushing for 260 yards or Danny Penter and O-lineman catching a touchdown pass and being so wide open and not even being a good throw from Carson Wentz that he had time to fall to his knees to catch the touchdown pass. Do I have to change my answer? No, I guess if I have good. to change my answer, I can just go with the 260 yards because really no team in the NFL runs for 260 yards in 2021. That's just not the way things are supposed to be done. Uh, by the way, you also said earlier, you're like, ah, you know, it's 45 to 20, oh, 45 to 30. Hey, you make sure you put some respect on that 30 because the Jets almost backdoor covered that they, game. They did that tipped interception. Hold on, Jared. You know what yesterday was, right? It was Scorigami. 45 to 30, Scorigami. You got to feel upset, don't you? Yeah, because we didn't. No, you don't get. We don't do Thursday night games. You no. just get to pick one scoregami score for Sunday games, which we'll do later in the show at some point. But I doubt we're getting two scoregamis in one week, so I don't think you got a good chance. It's also the Giants, and most of the zeros have already been taken. I don't care about your next question. UNLV kicker Daniel Gutierrez is a Lou Groza semifinalist, which means he is down in the top twenty. For best kicker in the nation, he has hit 11 of his 12 field goals. He's two of two from 50 plus yards. He's also UNLV's career leader in field goal percentage as he has hit 82% in his uh, career here in Las Vegas. Listen, it hasn't been a great football season for UNLV. There haven't been a lot of great seasons for UNLV, but they have one of the 20 best kickers in the nation in Daniel Gutierrez. 
first of all, to follow up on Jared's point, yes, the Giants have taken all the zeros. They're on their roster. The uh, Daniel <laughs> Gutierrez situation is at least a bright spot. I mean, come on. If you're a UNLV fan at any level, don't you just want something to feel good about? There you go. You got it. I got to say, let's get Daniel Gutierrez in the NFL. Two of two from 50 yards? Like, the 11 of 12 can sort of be irrelevant depending on how long they are, but he, he has knocked down some long field goals this year. Let's get Daniel Gutierrez in the NFL. It's been, what are we up to? 12? I think it's 11 straight NFL drafts that they have not had a player drafted. I don't know if we're drafting a kicker from UNLV, but let's do it. Seventh round, somebody out there. Take Daniel Gutierrez. Next question. The Golden Knights have launched the Loyal Knights program. So season ticket holders that go to every game will win prizes. Kind of win prizes. Uh, one every month will win a signed jersey. Uh, and everyone that attends every game will be able to buy additional tickets for the next month at a special price. Uh, those aren't really great prices, but I guess this is the Golden Knights trying to combat their dip in attendance so far this year. You know what season ticket holders who go to every game used to be called for the Golden Knights? Season ticket holders. Because <laughs> what we have now is a much different situation. So, you know, Bill Foley gave the quote to the Review Journal when they asked him the question about empty seats. And he said, well, those, you know, those seats are all purchased. Well, obviously, that's not how they feel <laughs> that purchasing the seats is enough because they want those people to go to the games. Uh, keep in mind that earlier uh, this month, I should say last month, the Golden Knights put out a promo via email to all of their fans that they could buy tickets without any additional fees. Basically, you're just buying the face value ticket without any uh, any ticket processing fees. They are trying to get people in that building. And unfortunately, it is a sad realization that the enthusiasm, whether it's because you've traded away so many of the misfits like Nate Schmidt and Alex Tuck and Marc-Andre Fleury, or whether it's because of the COVID policy is really taking a hit. Are either of these things like good enough to entice people like one person's going to be randomly drawn to win a signed jersey a signed jersey could entice people but not if it's just one random drawing and then you get specially priced tickets you can buy for the you don't even get them for free you got to buy them like i just I, neither of these if i was a season ticket holder that was only going to like 70 percent of the games would encourage me to say oh i better go to all of them now like they just they're not that good at prizes well first of all season ticket holders that go to every game so is that just scanning in that season ticket holder's account? That is what a good if you question. give your tickets to a friend? That is good. I do not know the answer to that. That is a good question. Yeah, because it just if it, all it is is that your ticket needs to be scanned every game, then it, it isn't that difficult to make sure your ticket gets scanned. Uh, if you if you yourself have to show some sort of ID, yeah, that's obviously a different story. Um, the one that got me was that everyone who attends every game can buy more tickets at special pricing. <laughs> Those aren't the people you have to worry about, <laughs> right? Like, it, they don't need the special pricing. They don't need additional tickets, right? It's it's enough money to go to a Golden Knights game in the first place. Not that they're any different than the rest of the NHL. But goodness, nobody's looking for more. Uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Uh, I am answering this question all day. Charles asked on Twitter, is this a bit where you don't know the difference between the Rolling Stones and the Who? Yes, we are giving away tickets to see the Rolling Stones later in the show. And I'm trying to guess the difference between the Who and the Rolling Stones all day as a way to determine which caller number we will take. So that is exactly yeah. what it is. But Tyler, Tyler, hang on a second. I think he's also asking, is it a bit that you 
are this dense on these songs. Oh, I yes, I it's not a bit. No, no, no. I genuinely do not know the difference between the Rolling Stones and the Who. I the the only one I know is the one from CSI, and that's because I think they say the Who in that song. Who are you? They actually say the Who in a lot of their songs. Okay, well I'll pay attention to that. If it doesn't say the Who, I might have to guess Rolling Stones. But no, it is not an actual. It's not a bit. I genuinely don't have any idea the difference. Hell, are they still alive? They could walk in here in person, and I wouldn't know who was who if I saw them in person. Wait, you would know who the Who was or the Rolling Stones? No, Jared, I love this. I love the idea that Mick Jagger and Roger Daltrey could walk <laughs> into that studio and he would not be able to tell you which was which. The only reason I know Mick Jagger is because of the Kesha song. Wow. Sorry. Um, I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Good Lord, man. LeBron James will miss one week with an abdominal injury. The Lakers also lost last night to the Oklahoma City Thunder. 107 to 104. They blew a big lead, got outscored, outscored by 11 in the fourth quarter of that game to lose. Uh, LeBron has already missed two games, going to miss a few more at least here. We're really early in the season. The Lakers too old already? I don't really care about LeBron missing games in November, do you? I I don't care about that. I care about the fact that Russell Westbrook does not look right. Uh, I care about the fact that Anthony Davis got dinged in this game as well. I turned it off at halftime when they were down. uh, I think the Thunder were down about 10 uh, at the break and thought to myself, "Eh, there's no way they're doing this twice. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, on the idea of not caring about LeBron being out, we saw the Lakers last year have to play in the play-in rounds just to get to that matchup with Phoenix. And then, granted, injuries sort of wrecked that series. But I do think it matters that LeBron James misses games, and if they flounder around somewhere in the 4, 5, 6 range or worse in the play-in rounds, whether you're 7 to 10, I mean, it's going to make your path a lot harder. And last year we thought, oh, they'll be fine. They'll just flip it on, and they can take care of the Suns. And then they got hurt, and they couldn't do it. So I... I do think it matters. Like, I think it seeding is going to matter. It's not as big of a deal in the NBA, but I, I do think it'll matter if LeBron misses a bunch of time and the Lakers don't have a great record and they've got to go through a much tougher path than if they just ran away and were a top two team in the West. Oh, but let's stop right there. I mean, you got to stop right there. There there was never a chance this was going to be a top two team in the West. They, they don't have that talent. I mean, I understand that LeBron and Anthony Davis is as good of a start as any team can have, but... Uh, when you look around the rest of the West, were they ever going to be better than a team like the Jazz? Were they ever going to be better than a healthy Nuggets team? Uh, I, I just don't know that the ceiling was ever as high as as uh, the Lakers would like to believe that it is. And maybe that's why I'm not as concerned, because I thought this was a 4-5 team all along. Wait, do you think they can win the title? Can they? Of course they can. Any team with LeBron and Anthony Davis can win the title. Would I make them a favorite right now? Absolutely not. Kalong told me a couple days ago. I, you gotta get rid of this echo. <laughs> can't talk. I'm drunk. Whatever. <laughs> Dak Prescott will start this week against the Broncos. When asked if he was starting, Dak said yesterday, "Safe to say." Uh, Cooper Rush beat the Vikings last week. Dallas, do you believe in their defense? Like, is, are, is their defense good enough to say this Cowboys team legit Super Bowl contender? When Mike Mayock goes to sleep at night, I firmly believe he has a picture of the Dallas Cowboys depth chart in front of him saying, I hope when I wake up tomorrow, we're like them. 
because that's really what the Cowboys are. They are what the Raiders hope to be as a grown-up team. Uh, they want to be elite offensively and good enough defensively. And I think the Dallas is good enough defensively to compete. I mean, I think the NFC is going to be a minefield to try to get out. But right now, is there another offense in football that you would clearly take over Dallas? I don't think there is. No. I mean, they've been awesome on that side. And they're like the Raiders comparison is a good one because the Raiders feel like Cowboys light where – yeah, the offense is good, and finally, for the first time in years, the defense looks competent. I think it's fair to expect both the Cowboys and Raiders defense to regress some, but they've both been really good this year, and it's two teams that, hey, offense is good. Once you finally get the defense up and at least competent level, uh, they got a legitimate shot to be much better. And I think the difference, though, is the Cowboys have a shot to like win the Super Bowl, whereas the Raiders have a shot to win the division and maybe win a playoff game. So you don't think the Raiders could get the right run of opponents in the playoffs they could. for this to work? I Here's the thing that's different now than, you know, even when they were 2-0 and or before the season. They can win the division. Like before, I would have said, no, Kansas City's running away with it, even if the Raiders have a good season. But because they can win the division, they absolutely can get the right run of opponents. If they're a wild card team, I think that kind of goes out the window. But if they do win the AFC West... I think it sort of opens the door of, yeah, this this team actually could get a good matchup two weeks in a row and find themselves, you know, playing for something actually important in the playoffs. Next question. The Chargers play in Philadelphia. Speaking of the AFC West, the Chargers coming off back-to-back losses. They fix their season against the Eagles? They get back on track? The... Don't call them San Diego Chargers are giving up 5.1 yards per carry on the ground. They are the only team in football allowing more than five yards per run. You know who ran the ball really well with a healthier offensive line last week? Philadelphia Eagles. Now, granted, that was against the Detroit Lions, but the Chargers can't stop the run. I'm not sure this is the right matchup to just say, yeah, the Chargers are going to fix everything uh, against the Eagles. All right, coming up next. We'll find out which free agents Adam wants the Yankees to sign and which one he thinks they'll actually sign and ruin his summer. And there's parents and there's grandparents, aunts and uncles, nieces and nephews, cousins. They can still remember exactly where they were when Edgar Renneria hit the game-winning homer in Texas that led the 2010 San Francisco Giants to their first World Series title. Or when Sergio Romo stood on the mound, shook me off from throwing a slider, which still scares me to this day, and snuck a fastball past Miguel Cabrera to clinch the second title in three years. Or when Madison Bumgarner came out of the bullpen in Game 7 in Kansas City and 45,000 people went deathly silent because they knew at that point the game and the World Series was over. Or maybe you remember where you were when Matt Cain stood on the back of the mound. He gazed up at the crowd, taking it all in before he recorded the final out of the first ever perfect game in Giants franchise history. To me, this is what encapsulates baseball. I'm so very humbled to have played a part in some of those memories. To the fans, thank you for all your support I've received the last 13 seasons as I pull for the Giants the rest of my life. This is the Rolling Stones. He is right for once. I got two. I got two. We are rolling. We're up to seven. It will at least be caller number seven. Hey, I am on a one uh, song streak here. Getting this right. We are giving away Rolling Stones tickets uh, around 930. I guess it'll be more like 945 uh, at this moment. At least caller number seven. We'll see how many more of these I can get right 
throughout the show, but stay tuned for some Rolling Stones tickets. Now, offseason is here in Major League Baseball. We're about to get into uh, qualifying offers, and then free agency is going to start relatively soon. Uh, the Athletic has, Keith Law has his top 50 free agents in Major League Baseball, headlined by Carlos Correa and some of the other shortstop free agents like uh, Marcus Simeon. Uh, some starting pitching out there as well. Marcus Stroman, Robbie Ray, Kevin Gaussman, Max Scherzer. So, Adam, the Yankees, who do you want them to sign and who do you think they actually do sign? Let's start with where the Yankees are in terms of payroll right now because I think you have to be realistic when you see Hal Steinbrenner with his abacus and calculator making sure that they don't go over the competitive balance tax. If you take the top five salaries on the New York Yankees, and this isn't even factoring in whatever Aaron Judge gets in arbitration, just the top five salaries on the Yankees, Garrett Cole, Giancarlo Stanton, our oldest Chapman, DJ LeMayhew, and Zach Britton, those alone are higher than half of Major League Baseball's full payrolls for next year. 15 teams are projected to have a lower payroll than just those five players. Wait, did you say so, Zach Britton was on that list? Zach Britton is, is Zach on that Britton list. How much is Zach Britton getting paid? Uh, Zach Britton got a three-year, $39 million contract and, of course, uh, likely will not pitch next year. So they might get some relief on that. But I also didn't factor in that Aaron Judge is projected to get roughly $18 million in his final arbitration year. So you can go ahead and wash those two out. Um, this team needs a shortstop. It's been made clear. I was someone who thought Glaber Torres could handle shortstop, and he has shown that he absolutely cannot offensively or defensively. This is a good year to need a shortstop, isn't it? Uh, there's Carlos Correa. There's Corey Seager. There's Trevor Story. There, there are lots of options out there. I, I would love it to be Corey Seager. Uh, I would love it to be the left-handed hitter in that park, a guy who, yes, has an injury history, but, yes, also has MVP upside. I told you the other day, and I still believe, they cannot sell Carlos Correa to this fan base. He's a better player than Corey Seager, and they absolutely cannot sell him to the Yankees fan base. I, I think there is a line that the Yankees will draw in the sand on that one. Okay, so on the idea of, of how much money they want to spend without going over the tax there, would they, like, would they spend enough to get Corey Seager? Because outside of Correa, he might be the guy that gets paid the most among this uh, in this free agent class. Yeah, it's entirely possible. But they also could subtract uh, in order to make that work. Uh, Gleyber Torres expected to get six million in arbitration. Uh, Gary Sanchez expected to get eight million dollars in arbitration. Joey Gallo is expected to get nine and a half. Uh, Aaron Hicks is still on a long contract. They could trade Luis Severino if they really wanted to. Although I don't think they will, considering how good he looked. Uh, down the stretch coming back from his injuries. Here's my real concern about the Yankees. Uh, beyond Garrett Cole, who would you trust to start a baseball game who is on the roster next year um, for the Yankees? Uh, is Severino on the roster? Yeah, that's about it, right? And they were using him out of the bullpen. So that's about it for the Yankees. They're going to have to go sign some pitching. Now, last year they decided, you know what? Masahiro Tanaka has been really reliable for us for the better part of six years. And we know he wants to come back. But you know what looks better? Jamison Tyone and the corpse of Corey Kluber. <laughs> and they let Corey Kluber go out there and throw a no-hitter in Texas, kill his arm again, and that's that. So my fear is that instead of doing something smart like going and getting a high-floor guy like a Robbie Ray or a Marcus Stroman, that they're going to say, hey, you know who we should have gotten all those years ago? Justin Verlander. 
We're going to bring in Justin Verlander and sneak him by everybody coming back from Tommy John surgery. And then he's going to throw 10 starts and be out for the rest of the year. That's the kind of thing that Brian Cashman has done recently that has sunk this team. All right, let me let me ask you about Justin Verlander. The Astros are most likely going to offer him the the qualifying offer because if he signs somewhere else, they'll get a comp pick back. Uh, I believe it's a one year, eighteen million, eighteen point something million dollars. You think Justin Verlander gets more than that from a team, whether it's the Yankees or not? Yes, without question. I think on a one year deal, I think Justin Verlander. When you see what the market for pitching will be like, I think Justin Verlander could probably pencil himself in above twenty. Uh, for for what he's been at the age that he's uh, been able to do it at. Because look at the rest of this class. I mean, you're looking at Stroman, Ray, Gosman, uh, and then Scherzer, right? And you're probably going to value him a little lower than Scherzer just because of the health. Uh, but Max Scherzer should get two or three years at 25 to $30 million. And so the ceiling for Justin Verlander is clearly that high as well. I don't know if anyone's willing to go beyond a year, uh, maybe two, but I think it's going to be closer to 20. Would you sign Craig Kimbrell, given that he's made a big deal about, well, I'm a closer, I'm a ninth inning guy, and he wasn't very good with the White Sox when they tried to make him a setup man? There is not a single reliever who is going to be on the market this year that I would pay the way that a guy like Craig Kimbrell is going to want to be paid. Closers are the goaltenders of baseball, like in hockey. You have no idea what they're going to do year to year. There was a point this year that lasted for almost three months where Aroldis Chapman was unusable for the New York Yankees. <laughs> and Aroldis Chapman's one of the highest paid relievers in baseball who had been an absolute stalwart in terms of consistency for years. And Aroldis Chapman was unusable. Do you know that at that point of the year, Aaron Boone was consistently getting another reliever up behind Aroldis Chapman as soon as the first runner got on? <laughs> Joely Rodriguez, Wandy Peralta, these were the guys who he was ready to send in for a role as Chapman and did multiple times. So, no, I'm not signing Craig Kimbrell. What about Chad Green? That guy's pretty good. Chad Green is pretty good until he's not. You you get like four out of five good Chad Green games, and then you get the bad Chad Green game where he's basically putting it on a tee and destroys your game. I think you saw one of those. Uh, two of them. Altuve hit one about six inches off the ground and about six inches above his head, both off Chad Green for home runs this year. Yes, I know. Adam, what about Fernando Rodney? <laughs> now, Fernando Rodney's a different story. Fernando Rodney is fun. <laughs> I want him to cock his hat at a 47-degree angle, go out there and throw 17 straight change-ups, and walk off the mound shooting an arrow. Is he still playing? <laughs> like in some weird league? I have to assume so. He was playing. At, he was still being a closer at 42. Damn. Fernando Rodney, bring him back. All right, coming up next, we check in with Ed Graney. These consequences are going to probably be pretty devastating to Henry. Uh, we love him. We're going to support him through it. Uh, but we also um, have a lot of compassion for uh, the victims, and our thoughts and prayers are also with them. Rolling Stones. Ooh, he's on a streak now. Oh, two in a row. Oh, Ed, who sings this song? Rolling Stones. Yeah, add three. Add three to the tally. Let's go. We're rolling. Ed Graney Caller number 10. Caller number 10. Ed Graney. Uh, 
Ed Grady is here from New York. How, how, what the hell are you doing in New York all this time? What have you been doing there? Well, first of all, uh, condolences on your Astros. What a yeah, shame. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a shame. Oh, get out of here. Hang up on it, yeah, Jerry. Jeez. Felt bad about that. Um, yeah, just uh, taking some time, doing some work, some writing. Uh, was able to uh, bring the uh, wonderful wife along. So saw a show last night, a couple vacation days before getting into it very uh uh, extensively with the Raiders. It's not like there's anything happening with the Raiders right now either. No, so, not at all. Um, no. <laughs> how many times have you eaten at Jimmy John's? Oh, zero. No, she would divorce me on the spot if we came here and we actually went to like a chain. <laughs> no, that would that would never happen if we went here and went to any kind of chain. So, no, that will not. I don't even know. If, I'm sure they have one. I haven't even googled it. But you would. No. I mean, if you were by yourself, you would have gone to Jimmy John's three times by now. But uh, <laughs> but, but I, I, am, uh, I, I have no choice this time. It has to be authentic. So there have been some authentic places, but uh, no Jimmy Dunn. All right, here's what we started the show with today. Here's what I'm curious your thoughts on. We have seen two years in a row this Raiders team has had a good record, playing well, got a shot at the playoffs, soft schedule coming up. They went to the Jets two years ago and uh, lost 34 to three. And then last year they went to the Falcons and I think it was 43 to six. Two bad teams on the road just beat them up. What are the odds that happened yeah. this week against a bad New York Giants team? I, you're reading my mind, man. 20 minutes ago, I hit send on a column on if this is another meltdown year. And I, I said those things exactly of like, what have they done in the last few years? Um, I want to say, even though the schedule is getting a lot tougher, Adam and I talked about that the other day. I don't think it's tough this week, or at least essentially it shouldn't be, but it shouldn't have also been against the Falcons and the Jets when we saw what happened. But I do want to say, until proven otherwise, I do think for whatever reason, Greg Olson calling the plays has given Carr signed kind of a boost in not only performance but in confidence and, and how he's performing. And defensively, and Tyler, you talked about it before you left to Houston, I don't know if it's sustainable individually but I do think they're getting pressure up front. I do think they're doing things to where, well, it's maybe not sustainable in terms of Casey Hayward, Nate Hobbs, and Max Crosby's and all these rankings, that if they keep getting pressure up front, that there's a chance that they will, you know, remain high enough defensively to where if Carr keeps playing like this, they've got a chance. So I was at both those games. I just shook my head as it happened in front of me. Um, but I just, I don't know why. I think this, at least this week, it might be different. Now, when they get into the, some of the schedule that's coming up, I don't know. But I think this week, they take care of business. And we have to talk about the news of the week, Ed, because uh, it broke literally after you and I got off the air uh, on Tuesday morning, and you wrote a column on it, and I thought it was very strong to say we should never use the word mistake about what Henry Ruggs did. Yeah, I that as I wrote, that uh, not just in this instance, but that stuff just drives me crazy. The, the difference between choice and mistake is astronomical, and... He made a choice to drink as he did. He made a choice to get behind the wheel of a car and drive as he did. And now um, a 23-year-old woman never goes home to her family. So uh, on that part of her part, it's a tragedy. On his part, he made a completely irresponsible decision to what what the DA is saying. Again, he's got incredible lawyers. We're going to see what happens. We've seen some stuff with Zayon Collins where you start, you know, the investigation goes on and the lawyers get involved and you just never know what's going to come of it. But if we believe what the DA is saying in terms of alcohol limit, and what he was traveling at, then it's immensely irresponsible on his part. And I think, you know, his life uh, will never be the same. And obviously the family of uh, Tina Tenter will never be the same. 
we had last year, Josh Jacobs had a single car accident and was initially arrested. Uh, I think it was suspicion of DUI that ended up getting dropped. I think his blood alcohol content ended up being slightly below the legal right. limit, but it was still somewhat of a wake up call as far as the Raiders went. And you also had at the same similar time, uh, the Zayon Collins accident. We heard Derek Carr sort of express remorse about, you know, was I not, you know, available enough for him and stuff like that. I'm curious, just organizationally, like when you, you, you look at the Raiders, how much do you think they look at this and say, OK, we we need to do more as an organization to make sure players are aware. Hey, a don't do that. But B, these are your options if you find yourself in that situation. Well, that's a great question, but I also think it comes down to the responsibility of adults because I knew I know they do bring people in before season to talk about this. They talk about the dangers of alcohol. They talk about you know ride shares. They talk about calling someone. So ultimately, it comes down to the responsibility of men who are adults and not you know going to Top Golf, getting liquored up, and getting behind the wheel of a car and killing someone. So I do know they have those conversations with them now. As Tyler just said, maybe they need to be more intense conversations. Maybe they need to bring more people in, but. Um, I, I'm always one not to go on the side of the organization here. I, these guys are adults. They know they should know by now the difference between right and wrong. And a lot of athletes do. I mean, a lot of athletes. I think you guys have probably read the same thing. I have in the several last several days. They pay upwards of a hundred grand a year just to have a driver the whole time, because they they don't want to put themselves in this position. They know they're going to go out and party. They're professional athletes. They know they're going to be in situations where there's alcohol and perhaps other substances, and they're not going to you know put themselves in a position of something like this happening. So they spend a lot of money. Perhaps not for them, for us, it'd you know, be a uh, fortune to spend that kind of money, but they do it. Why Henry Ruggs didn't have someone holding his keys, I can't answer. Only Henry Ruggs can do that, and, and same, with, same with Josh Jacobs. But I tend to always, especially when it's adults, kind of put the onus on them more so than the organization. But if I'm the organization, like you said, maybe you do ask yourself before next season, hey, does the meeting need to be longer? Does the point need to be stressed more? Do we need to put Henry Ruggs' face on a, on, a, on, a, on a screen and say, go ahead and look what happens? You know, the shot of him in, in court with the neck brace and in a wheelchair and the family of the woman in the court crying. Put that up there, and then maybe this won't happen as much or ever, ever again, hopefully. As we saw this week develop, Ed, uh, Rich Passaccia, of course, uh, had his say, as did Greg Olson. And, and what I really noticed was Derek Carr. Um, because Derek Carr, I thought, summed up how some players probably feel, leaders especially in this moment, of saying, could I have done something more? Could I have let him know that I'm here for him? And I, I heard you about personal responsibility a minute ago, but I thought it was a really interesting angle because it's not usually what we hear, especially in football, for a quarterback, for a leader, to take that sort of personal responsibility on his shoulders. Yeah, he's... And I, I saw his quotes about, you know, um, someone needs to love him and I'll, I'll be the one. And that's, you know, kind of that's Carr. And obviously, look, I mean, he's very open, leaves his Christianity and his feelings on his sleeve. And we all know that. And he talks often about that. So I guess, Adam, I wasn't surprised he said those things um, just from listening to him for years now in terms of his beliefs. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think when it's a teammate and you love the guy and something like this happens, I imagine it might be human nature. It's like, man, why didn't I, you know, let him know I could get him, or why didn't I let him know that I was there, you know? And, and Carr said, you know, like anytime, anywhere, it doesn't matter. Just call. Like it doesn't matter, you know. In middle of the night, I'm asleep with my family. I'll be there. Um, so I'm sure that was running through Carr's mind of did he say that enough? Um, 
He texted, as I'm sure you guys know, he texted Renfro and Carr about his golf swing before he went to Top Golf. I don't know if in your mind you're thinking, boy, I better text back, hey, be careful. Maybe, maybe you're you know hitting yourself for for that if you're Derek Carr and you're kind of leader of the team. But um, I wasn't. I, I guess I wasn't surprised that he's the one who said that, just from listening to all these years and and what his beliefs are. How close were you to flying to Ottawa again after Jack Eichel got traded? Oh, I was thinking about that. What's <laughs> with Ottawa and this team? Weird announcements, all kinds of weirdness going on when they get to Ottawa. Won a game, actually. Um, I was not close. I was not close. That would have been another conversation with the uh, uh, person I'm with that would not have gone over well <laughs> if I said I now am leaving for Ottawa because Jack Eichel, who will not be there, I don't think, <laughs> <laughs> was traded to the Gulf at night. The only thing we knew about Ottawa yesterday is that they won the game when um, went to a show here and then afterwards turned on the phone just to see if they won. Wait, would you? Would she have stayed put in New York while oh. you went to Ottawa alone? Are you kidding me? <laughs> She'd have packed my bags and kicked me out of the room. <laughs> Not going to Ottawa? Oh, no. She would, she would have been laughing at that. And we're staying by Penn Station. She would have pointed me that way and said, no, you better get to the airport. Okay, so no, you're, you're staying... No you're staying by Penn Station. I know very well because I've done this before. Marriotts are not cheap in New York City, sir. Uh, where, where did you this, find an acceptable Marriott within the city? This is – we got very fortunate. Well, my vacation part is on obviously on the grainies. Uh, and as Tyler would tell you, i um, been fortunate enough to have points. So, you know, you use those and when you come here. So – my vacation days are on us, and then I was able to get great, uh, great rates through my through my level. Uh, but you're right; they're not usually. But planning way far ahead helped me out a lot um, in this sense. So, yeah, when uh, it flips over to the paper, it will be uh, it will be fine. It's, uh, we got really lucky. Flips over to the paper. That's the best day of the year, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> it is for her. Um, <laughs> well, uh, he's Ed Grady. Yeah. Ed, uh, we'll talk to you on Monday, probably. Yeah, um, by then we can do some grades. Yeah, Grainy can grade yeah. some stuff. We'll do that on Wednesday. What what day you cover in the Rangers game? What day do they play? Uh, they play Monday night against Florida. Okay. So uh, see old friends uh, Gerard Lund, and I don't think I don't think Reeves is playing right now. I think he might be hurt, but he'll 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 be around here. So um, myself and Adam Hill will. Uh, uh, thoroughly cover that and uh, talk to the two uh, former Golden Knights. All right. Well, enjoy your the end of your many vacation here. Uh, we'll talk right. to you on Monday, Ed. <laughs> Hello, Jimmy John, starting on Saturday. <laughs> Bye, Ed. See you later. All right. We got Golden Knights tickets to give away. If you want to go see the Golden Knights take on the Minnesota Wild next week, 702-364-1100 is the phone number. Oh, Jared, we screwed this up. We got to give these away, and we got to get a Friday football frenzy listener. Okay, so we're gonna give these away, and then your guys are gonna, you and Adam are gonna talk for a little bit. All right, the that's next what segment. we're gonna do. All right, so Golden Knights tickets right now seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. We'll take caller number seven seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. Wentz turns a hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Big hole. There he goes. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, Touchdown, Jonathan Taylor, 78 yards to the house. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y-J-T, 41 to 10, and the onslaught continues. Freeze box she wears on her chest, from when daddy comes home, he never gets no rest, cause she's playing all night. I 
sounds like a country song. I'm going to guess The Who. I, honest to God, wasn't even paying attention, so keep me out of this one. You're listening. Come on. 50-50. Yeah, just go with Tyler on this one. Yeah, let's go. Three in a row. So is that two or is that... Because he went with you. Sure, it's oh, two. No. Yeah, I was no, I was I was letting Tyler vote for me, yeah. so it's twelve. Yeah, we're up to twelve. So Rolling Stones tickets coming up next hour. We are running up the score on which caller number we will take. Um, congratulations uh, to Matt. He won a pair of tickets to go see the Golden Knights play, and now we have four hundred dollars to give away thanks to Dollar Loan Center Friday Football Frenzy. 702-364-1100. We're going to give you three NFL games. You just got to pick the winner of those three NFL games that we give you. 702-364-1100. Call in right now if you want a chance to win 400 bucks. And before we get to this contest, is Trevor Simeon really starting for the Saints this weekend? Trevor Simeon is starting for the Saints this weekend. I mean, look, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a world-beating performance against Tampa, but it was plenty. And it, if it was plenty against Tampa, it's plenty against the Falcons. It's it's interesting because I've always pegged Sean Payton as the guy that just loves Taysom Hill so much that he's going to play that guy in any situation he can. So I guess I'm curious, what do you think the actual breakdown ends up being of Taysom Hill to Trevor Simeon snap, uh, snaps? 75-25 in favor of Simeon uh, in the end. I know there are those who think Taysom Hill is going to take a lot more snaps than that. Here's the thing. He's been out for weeks yeah. coming off concussion. I, I don't know that it's just a matter of plug and play to put him back in when he's been off the field that long. So, all right. He's been out coming back from a concussion. Simeon starts this week, probably win the game. They're probably going to beat the Falcons. If Simeon just plays okay, like they stick with him again, or do you think there's eventually a point where, all right, Taysom Hill's back up and running. We're, we're putting him in. He's the starter. He's getting all, or at least most of the quarterback snaps. Well, I think what's really interesting is that with a lot of teams, you would say it's going to be one or the other. With Sean Payton, I'm not so sure. I think this might be kind of Sean Payton's dream scenario where he doesn't have to play Taysom Hill the whole time, but he can sure play him a lot. And the situation that the Saints find themselves in, look, assuming they beat the Falcons this week, and they should beat the Falcons this week, they would be 6-2. and two. I mean, they're right in the thick of the wild card race, and they're not even out of the division race considering they have the win over Tampa. So if you're the Saints right now, you actually do have a little bit of room to kind of play with things here because you're going to get that Carolina team again, and obviously they lost to them earlier in the year in a very strange game uh, in Carolina. But right now, look, you have games that are going to be tough, right? I mean, you're going to have to go to Tennessee. You've got Buffalo. You've got Dallas. Um, but you also still have another Falcons game, the Panthers, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Eagles. This team should win 10 games pretty easily. I love the idea that Sean Payton's perfect scenario is, well, I don't have a good enough quarterback to keep Taysom Hill on the bench the entire game. So, Well, his he... perfect scenario is having Drew Brees, but for the realities <laughs> of today. All right. Here we go. It is Friday football frenzy. Thanks to Dollar Loan Center offering signature loans up to $5,000. Just stop by one of their 31 Las Vegas locations. We have Gabe on the phone. So, Gabe, you got $400 on the line. We're going to give you three games here. All you got to do is pick the winners. No point spreads involved. You just pick the winner of these three games. If you get all three right, you'll take home 400 bucks. Your first game, Gabe, Raiders at Giants. 
I'll go with the Raiders. All right. Game number two, Patriots at Panthers. I'm going to take the Patriots. All right. And your final game is Chargers at Eagles. I'll take the Eagles. All right. So if the Raiders, Patriots, and Eagles all win this weekend, you'll get 400 bucks. Good luck, Gabe. Thank you very much. So there are the three teams. Uh, if one of those teams loses, two or three of those teams loses, we will have $500 to give away next week. Uh, we've only had one winner so far. Julio won 500 bucks back in week five. Uh, and since then, our... Uh, <laughs> Our contestants have only gotten one of the last nine games uh, correctly picked here. So things have not you, been going well. You also just gave him three field goal spreads. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a challenge. Well, yeah, you just got to pick the winners. I'm not I'm not giving them like Rams Titans over here. I'm not giving them the big point spreads. That'd be ridiculous. No, those are the easy ones. Those, yeah. You, I mean, Gabe has, to, Gabe has to fight here where when we had the sharp on, you were letting him pick like minus twenty five hundred third league soccer favorites from Germany. Listen, when we were doing the sharp contest, we didn't have a prize. Like that was a contest. Yes, you a did. Prize. You had an Antonio Brown jersey. Eventually, we had a prize, but we I made bought you, that. We made you get like we. What did we get up to? Nine in a row. You had to get nine in a row right, and only like two people ever did it. This is four hundred bucks. Then you got to pick three winners, or else it goes on to somebody else picking three winners. So we're not we we're not giving them Broncos, Cowboys. Come on, be too easy. Maybe maybe if he doesn't win, we can give one easy game next week, but only one. I'm not giving more than one. That'd be ridiculous. So, should I have given them Saints, Falcons? I think that's still a fairly challenging game, but yeah, it's better than uh, it's better than having to pick Patriots, Panthers. You know, here's the problem: you made him pick Patriots, Panthers. He might have to watch Patriots Panthers. <laughs> That's the worst part of the whole thing. How, why would you make someone have to spend three hours of their time tracking that game? Listen, maybe, maybe Gabe was going to watch it anyways, and now he's got a rooting interest in it. I might have made Gabe watch life it better. anyway. You should just give him the four hundred dollars <laughs> as hazard pay. <laughs> so good luck to Gabe. Four hundred bucks on the line. Everybody else is cheering against Gabe because they'll have a shot at five hundred dollars next week.